Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Today, it is exactly five years since the world's worst nuclear disaster since Chernobyl in 1986. A devastating tsunami left around 18,000 people dead or missing, I'm sure you'll remember, uh, and also forced tens of thousands more to become so-called nuclear refugees after the meltdown of reactors at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. There was this 20-kilometre exclusion zone set up, which remains mostly uninhabited even today. But the tragedy also forced a rethink of nuclear energy worldwide, fueling the search for alternative, less potentially destructive energy sources. Let's welcome to the show Dr. M. V. Ramana from the Nuclear Futures Laboratory in the Programme on Science and Global Security at Princeton University in the United States. Good morning from Seoul. Good morning to you too. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, the pleasure is ours, and we look forward to your expertise on this because uh, there was this feeling after the Fukushima disaster that the world needs to sort of scale back on its growing reliance on nuclear energy. Even here in Korea, there was that sort of talk, but slowly but surely, countries are starting to actually not just scale back, but stabilize and even increase their reliance on this very source of energy that was uh, so fearful before. Uh, Japan is among them, China, India, Canada. What's behind this? Well, um, the reaction to Fukushima around the world has been extremely varied. Um, you mentioned some countries which have uh, sort of reiterated their commitment to uh, nuclear power. There were also other countries which um, actually turned back from nuclear power, uh, countries like Germany, but also other countries which were contemplating constructing their first power plants, uh, like Venezuela and so on. And then there were also countries where the governments were interested in uh, continuing the pursuit of nuclear power, but were forced by uh, public opinion to change their positions. Uh, the best example of that would be Italy, where the Berlusconi government was interested in uh, restarting the construction of nuclear power plants there, which had been stopped in the 1980s. Uh, uh, but then it had to con conduct a referendum where over 90% of Italians voted against the idea of nuclear power, and so the government had to drop that plan. Uh, a more um, impactful case is that of France, where, uh, which is the country which has one of the highest reliances of nu on nuclear power. About 75% of its uh, power comes from uh, nuclear energy. But um, the government, because of uh, popular opinion, has decided that it will lower its reliance to less than 50%. So reactions are quite a bit varied. The second thing I would add is that if you look at uh, globally the share of nuclear power to the um, electricity generation around the world, it's actually been steadily dropping. The highest it has been is about 17.6% in the mid-1990s. And since then, it's almost steadily declined. It's now about 11%. And even under very optimistic projections of nuclear power in the future, this share is at best going to stay around 11% and will most likely decline. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, here in Korea, where obviously uh, we're most <laughs> focused, um, 
nuclear power provides about 26% of our electricity, which is only second to coal. And we are set to see the growth of nuclear reactors here. Uh, at the moment, it's uh, about 24 that are in operation constantly. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is a major concern to us whether right. nuclear power can be relied upon or not. Right. What, what's your view on that? Um, do you well, think that I mean, when we look at Chernobyl and, and what happened at Fukushima, these are so random that um, we should be dismissing them uh, in a country that, that's not necessarily at risk of a tsunami? Right. I think the, there are two uh, lessons one can learn from... Uh, there are multiple lessons you can learn from Fukushima. But two most important ones are, A, um, Fukushima shows that nuclear reactor accidents are not a thing of the past. They happen even now, right? Uh, and for a long time, the assumption was, you know, uh, they would not happen in a quote-unquote advanced country or a country that has Western-designed uh, uh, nuclear reactors. And Fukushima belied both of them. The second thing to remember is, not, uh, is that all the accidents before Fukushima, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, and so on, were not initiated by a natural disaster. Uh, they were purely internal causes. And so nuclear reactors are so complex that one can never rule out the possibility of an accident. Uh, this is the, that does not mean that they're going to happen all the time. But at the same time, uh, you cannot convince oneself that they are never going to happen. Yeah. I know you've done a lot of research into India's nuclear development. In developing countries, is that even more of a concern that there could be an accident? Even north of our border in North Korea, we know that um, you know there are obviously nuclear activities going on. Uh, I, I wonder how much we can trust countries that don't have the infrastructure in place. Right. I think that's certainly going to be a greater challenge in countries which don't have adequate infrastructure. Not so much in terms of whether that's going to cause an accident, though it could, um, but in terms of how uh, you might uh, respond to an accident. Um, so if, uh, you know, roads don't work or, you know, roads are broken down or uh, telephone lines don't work all the time or things like that, then obviously it's going to be more difficult to deal with an accident. But the other thing which I want to say is even in developing countries, you know, should, most of these countries have a very low percentage of reliance on, on nuclear power. Um, I think that's the thing that you should remember. So India is, is a good example where they've pursued nuclear power for 60 years, and yet the share of nuclear power in the, in the country has always been between 2 and 4%. So you don't see that necessarily booming in the future in, in other countries that uh, are just... I mean, you know, Nature in their the, development. No, the, I mean, many of these developing countries have very fast-growing energy needs, so they're constructing every possible source of power. So nuclear is just one more of things that they're constructing. So it, mm. I don't think that's going to be ever a dominant share because they're starting from such a low point, and the rate of growth is always going to be relatively slow. I remember a few months back we heard from an activist at uh, Greenpeace who suggested that uh, there are so many other renewable alternative energy sources out there that we should abandon nuclear energy altogether, but uh, critics suggest that it's just not practical. What, what's your view? Um, you know, I think each country has to make its decision for itself. Um, I think one of the lessons of Fukushima uh, is that um, the people who are going to suffer most in the event of an accident are those who live near a nuclear power plant. Uh, and 
uh, you know, I think fairness demands that we give their opinions a greater value, a greater weightage in our decision, right? So that's the first thing to remember. The second is I think uh, countries vary in their national circumstances. Some countries have greater um, uh, availability of natural resources, which can be converted into renewable source of energy. Others don't. And so they have to sort of make up their minds on their own. Having said that, I think uh, a lot of the criticisms about renewables have become obsolete, uh, given the vast advances in technology, especially in photovoltaics uh, and increasingly in the storage of these um, uh, renewables um, of, uh, of electricity. Mm-hmm. And so the comparisons between nuclear and renewables, which once upon a time might have led countries to decide that nuclear power is a safe option and a uh, safe option in terms of providing power reliably and renewables are not, those decisions ought to be revisited. And in turn, also, I think the experience with nuclear power plants about how expensive they have been, how long they take to construct, and how it's been very difficult to find a solution for nuclear waste that they produce should lead one to re-question the reliance on nuclear power. But this is ultimately a decision that each country has to make for itself. Well, that's the latter point, how to deal with waste, has been a major concern here in Korea. And uh, we're just reaching uh, a level with the United States now where a very expensive form of reprocessing, pyroprocessing might uh, become viable, but still... Yeah, it's, it's that that not in my backyard that, idea. Uh, I think that's a non-solution as far as I'm concerned because reprocessing does not solve the waste problem. Reprocessing only sort of changes the form of the waste. Yeah, well, thank you for pointing that out, but thank you also for your honest reassurance on uh, alternative sources of energy in the face of uh, criticism from those especially in the nuclear sector and and other energy sectors as well. Uh, Dr. Ramana on the line there from Princeton University. You can email your opinions to efmthismorning at gmail.com.